0: Hello from Clio Cloud Conference 2016 in Chicago, Illinois. My name is Victor Lee.
1: And I'm Andrew Ruda.
0: And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here in Chicago. And again, my name is Victor Lee. I'm a legal affairs writer with the ABA Journal.
1: Hi there, uh, great to have uh, to be on here as well. Andrew Ruta, uh, CEO and co-founder at Ross Intelligence.
0: Great, thank you so much for joining us today. I know uh, you're kind of like a rock star here at, at the Clio Cloud Conference, so thank you so much for making the time to join us.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I have been running around a bunch and sometimes I wish I could clone myself.
0: <laughs> well, that's the next step, right, after <laughs> work. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Absolutely. So I, um, I was one of the original founders over at Ross Intelligence. And what we're doing is building out uh, AIs that help lawyers scale their abilities. And so what that means in practice is that we build out AI systems that allow human lawyers to take on more clients, to do their work more efficiently, to drive efficiency. And so we started with legal research and we're building out from there.
0: Today at the Clio Cloud Conference, you uh, held a session called Science Fiction or Science Fact? and trying to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and what it means for the law. So for people that weren't able to catch the presentation, could you, could you just talk a little bit about what you said and just um, hit some hit some of the high points of that?
1: Absolutely, so um, what I wanted to do at uh, ClioCon here was really go through um, and demystify, A, what artificial intelligence is to begin with, Then I chatted a bit about how it's used in other industries and then I highlighted how it can be used in law and I also talked about some past examples of new technology and reactions to it. So in a nutshell, artificial intelligence is not a robot, as a lot of times people think of. It's really an umbrella term that describes a whole bunch of technology that's being used to build systems that do things that traditionally were thought to be human tasks. So I kind of outlined what those were as well. So machine learning, speech, uh, natural language processing, and visual recognition. These are inroads that machines are, are making right now using AI that help uh, humans scale their abilities.
0: So obviously, um, I think people in the legal industry have heard a lot about Ross and what it means you know, for the future of, of the industry and whatnot. So could you talk a little bit about some of the work that you guys are doing? I think one thing that you mentioned was that one of your goals is to eventually be, be able to cover all all practice areas for, for lawyers no matter, no matter where they are. So could you talk a little bit about what you guys are working on and, and how far you are from actually realizing that goal?
1: Absolutely, so our goal is to have, like you mentioned, Ross on the legal team of every lawyer in the world. Uh, right now we're focused on the US market. We actually started up in Canada out of the University of Toronto and those, the AI labs there and came down. Right now we started with legal research, as I mentioned, because that's really where human lawyers start in their understanding of it. And then what we're doing is building AIs on top of AIs. So we started with your, you know, being able to get you the answers you need in legal research. Then we taught Ross how to monitor the law around the clock for you so that you never miss out on a case that you know, may help you on, on, something you're, you're, on a case you're working on. And now we're actually starting with teaching Ross how to take the first draft on legal documents. And all this happened, Victor, actually within the last year or so. So we've been moving super quick. And that's a testament to two things. It's a testament to the technology itself, actually a testament to three things. Technology itself, our team at Ross, but I also think very much our customer firms and the folks we work with who've been, A, um, continuously using Ross, which continues to make it smarter, and also providing us with a great roadmap of things they want Ross to be able to do. So one thing that
0: I write a lot about and what the um, ABA Journal writes a lot about and something that actually the ABA has been very uh, cognizant of over the last couple of years is access to justice. And you talked a little bit about that during your presentation. But um, what are some things that, you know, for people who who are out there who maybe don't know that they need a lawyer or they can't afford a lawyer or they're intimidated and don't even know what, you know, how to start the process, what are some things that Ross can do for them?
1: Well, actually, so what we've done is create a network of different uh, 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 partner groups that we give Ross away completely for free to. So we're gonna be making some announcements on that. And these are the organizations on the front lines. These are the folks you know, working in, in neighborhoods at legal clinics, at legal aid clinics. And so what we're saying is, you know what, building technology, you know, that technology is just not going to, you know, improve access to justice on its own. And so what we've committed ourselves to is if your organization can benefit from it. And what, we've, we, what we say is we give it away completely free to deserving organizations. So we've started that initiative at Ross, and that's really central to what we do. AI should be in the hands of lawyers um, on the front lines, no matter if you have enough to pay for it or not. And we're committed to ensuring that happens. Right.
0: Now, um, there is one thing I always wanted to uh, ask you. Um, so Ross, how did you come up with that name? Is that is that somebody's name? Is that uh, is that a reference to uh, you know some some you know famous robot or something? How, how'd you how'd you come up with that name?
1: So actually, it came out of a, a naming session, almost like you would name a, a kid. Um, it was me and my two other co-founders. We were in a room, and um, you know this was early days. So I, like you know we were just spit spitballing ideas. And so Ross just kept coming up, and was we wanted to humanize the product so that people would think, you know, hey, you know what, let me ask Ross about this, or let me ask whatever the name was. So we saw Ross, we really liked it, and then uh, it was as simple as we saw it in all capital letters and really liked the way that looked, and we went from there. Um, but it's really funny you ask that, Victor, because one of the times we walked in and we met this investor, and they were really jazzed about our name. They were like, "Oh, smart idea! You named it Ross. I would have named it Ross too." We didn't know why they were just so like excited about it. And then we were like, "Oh, like why do you like why are you saying that?" And they were like, "Well, Ross, you know, R U uh, R, the play, um, and that the first mention of a robot, the word robot, was in a Czech play by a Czech writer a long time ago, oh. and it was called Rossum's Universal Robots." And so we both looked, you know, me and Jimo, my my other co-founder, was raising with me on, when the last time we raised, we just were like. That would have been a great story, yeah. but it really was just because it was great and, and friendly, and people have really taken to it. So <laughs> It's just gone with it.
0: It's like, yeah, that's what we were going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So now what we say is we'll tell both stories. We'll tell right. the story of you know that one, but we'll tell the other one as well. Right.
0: And Skynet was taken, right?
1: Skynet was uh, not as appropriate. We couldn't get the rights with Arnold uh, <laughs> uh, now coming out of retirement to be an actor again.
0: There was one other thing I wanted to ask you about, something that you said in your presentation is, I mean, having gone to a lot of these conferences and covered them, one of the dominant themes is you know technology helps lawyers be more efficient, helps them do the work that they don't want to do. How they can focus more on the important things like trying cases. It seems like we're even that even that area is being eroded a little bit by machines. I mean, you have predictive analytics now that can tell you, okay, should I even take this case in front of a judge or this particular judge? You have um, you know robots like you know doing research. So I mean, is it a stretch to think, okay, well? why why couldn't we have uh, a robot that could try cases or could at least engage in motion practice
1: so i think that um you know i get that question a lot we also always are trying to see where how far we can use ai to go but i think there's distinctly human tasks and a lot of the things like advocating for a client um, is extremely complex because what you want to do is, is be able to see the facts of that scenario see how that fits with case law, see how that fits and then start taking in a whole bunch of human factors so To be able to get to a point where you have a fully AI lawyer, I think that's going to be extremely difficult, and by the time, if ever that happens, society's going to fundamentally look so different that it's not even really worth talking about. Um, So what I think is more apt to what's going to happen is what you saw, um, with chess, where, you know, Gary Kasparov gets beaten by Deep Blue, but then what happens is you see this rise of something called Centaur Chess. And what that is is when you team up a machine system with a human grandmaster, oh. and they play together against either a solo human or a solo computer system. And those Centaur Chess players don't lose. And so what we're trying to do at Ross Intelligence is build Centaur lawyers. So teaming up with machines to be able to, you know, be as competitive as possible.
0: And uh, you had mentioned that, um, I think, Ross right now is is available for bankruptcy. That's right. Um, are, there any, are there any particular practice areas that are a little more difficult to, um, to either adapt to your software or that are more challenging because of just how they are?
1: What's really neat is that machine learning systems, when they learn something, they don't really it's really agnostic to the practice area. So when we first started building Ross, we built it in Canadian labor and employment law. That's what we prototyped with. And we moved down to the United States and launched Ross in U.S. bankruptcy law and went live and shipped it to customers um, who were piloting it in two weeks. And why we were able to do that so quick was because um, the weights that it had learned was how to be a good legal researcher. And so actually what we're, what we're testing right now is the ability to essentially lift Ross's brain, clone it, and put it on top of another practice area, and it actually should be um, ready to go and, and up-to-date quicker. And then what's really exciting, Victor, is when you start piecing together all those brains and they start sharing their learning. And so you're talking about exponential learning and that's where we're about to get involved with.
0: So uh, where do you see the future of AI going then? I mean, not just for, for Ross, but just in general.
1: Well, I think what we're seeing is really that we're on day one. Um, first of all, AI has been, been in the law for a very long time. Um, it's been around for a long time. Richard Susskind actually um, you know, built one of the first expert systems in law a long time ago. So it's not new technology. What's new is that there's been a lot of breakthroughs. So you can do a lot more, and, it's, and, and that's what's exciting about it. And so I think we're standing on day one, and we're getting a lot out of it. So we already are benefiting. Um, but where I see it going is really going in and helping lawyers wherever you see a task that, A, you, you see a lot of that client pushback on even billing for. And usually that's a very good sign that it's something that's you know repeatable grunt work type work, and so I see a network, and you already start seeing it. You know, you have AI in contract management and review. You have AI, of course, in due diligence and e-discovery. Um, so I think you're going to see a more blossoming ecosystem. And um, I had a slide up in my presentation today with a whole bunch of folks in the space, and we're really uh, proud to be you know part of that and leading the pack there, um, because when we started this new AI revolution had just begun. And so I remember Googling AI in the law and all my articles were kind of the old, more old school, but now we're seeing it happen and I think we're, we're in for a very bright future with it.
0: Are you guys collaborating with any of those companies? Um... Uh, Clio or, you know, some of the other companies that are here at the conference?
1: Yeah, so we um, we uh, have been talking to Clio about a bunch of exciting things. This conference has been particularly awesome because you get a lot of the, like, every everyone, I'd say the recipe of success is here, and that is you got bar associations, you got law schools, you got um, legal tech innovators, folks who are building, but most importantly, you also have the consumers of legal tech here. And so when you have everyone at the table, you can literally say stuff like, hey, you know, if we build this bar association, would you buy it? Oh, in terms of would you allow it? And then you turn, turn to the consumers and we're all in one space. And then we, of course, have um, you guys here doing these interviews and getting the word out. So I think right here is a, is a, a really great conference because you have all the players and everyone's super jazzed up. So I'm having a, a ton of fun.
0: So before we close it out for today, I have one last question for you. If our listeners would like to follow up or you know, drop, you any, drop you any tips or whatever, what's the best way to reach you?
1: So you can always visit our website at rossintelligence.com. Um, You You can also send an email to team at rossintelligence.com. And if you're uh, on Twitter, you can follow me directly at, at Andrew Arruda or our team at @RossIntel. Ross Intel.
0: Well, we've reached the end of On the Road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Thanks. for having me, Victor. We also
0: want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us on iTunes. And we'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network.